Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to Dilly Ding Dilly Dong, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast. I'm Rob Tanner. Joining me today at Mercury Towers is... uh, James, the sharp end sharp, and we're going to be dissecting the FA Cup defeat to Chelsea. Before we start, though, I'd just like to remind you, beer52.com, if you like beer and you like it free, then head over to beer52.com, use the tagline Leicester to register, and you could be sampling eight beers from around the world, and all you've got to do is pay your postage and packet. Now, Chelsea, I imagine Leicester fans would need a few beers (laughs) to drown their sorrows after the uh, FA Cup quarter-final defeat agonising again on the back of the quarter-final defeat in the Caribou Cup to Man City on penalties this one feels like an even bigger blow because it's the FA Cup the trophy that the, uh, has always eluded the club and the one the fans covet the most um, but to lose in the manner they did in extra time to a really poor goal in many respects um, there's a lot of frustration uh, I think around isn't there James? Yeah I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm gutted really uh, it's so disappointing because Leicester, I thought Leicester, thought Leicester did all right. I thought Leicester pl- did enough. Um, they went, they went toe to toe with Chelsea, who some of, some say were there for the taking. I thought Leicester played well, and it, what makes it more frustrating is that both goals were they weren't goals that you they were outclassed or they were played off the park. They were both goals were avoidable and should have been avoided. The first one. Poor pass from Iheanacho, poor decision from Mares not to cross the ball and to run at five defenders himself, gives the ball away. Then both Chilwell and Ndidi had chances to to foul and take a yellow card. Willian. Um, so then the second goal, it's just Pe- Pedro's apart from Angola Kante, Pedro's the smallest bloke on the pitch, and when he beats your goalkeeper to a cross to head the ball in from about. 10 yards you know something's not right and when that second goal went in I think everyone just deflated everyone and and there's no real way back really and it's just so gutting I thought what makes it even worse is that um, City really went into this game feeling like they had a great opportunity to reach the semi-finals Chelsea are having a a really struggling season they've Mm. just gone out of the Champions League in Barcelona and uh, while City were in Marbella preparing for this game in the warm weather training, we come back and we were told how refreshed they were, how fit they were. And it looked like to me in the first half, first 35 minutes or so, that the occasion was a bit yeah. much for some of the players. They were trying to force the issue all the time. They were trying to play that killer pass for Vardy all the time uh, instead of taking another touch and having a bit of composure. And as the game wore on, it just looked like to me Chelsea had that little bit more composure, a little bit more time on the ball, were a little bit more considered in what they were doing. But having said that, second half when City yeah. rallied and put them under pressure and they got that goal back through Jamie Vardy who was on a fantastic run of form and he'd missed a, a pretty decent header yeah. chance uh, just before that as well. You felt like the momentum was with City um, but the disappointment was quickly followed by the draw which w- would have paired City with Southampton which would have been, instead of Man United or Tottenham which would have been a great opportunity to get an FA Cup final. And with yeah. the history, and we've talked about a lot of the history of the FA Cup, that would have been the first semi-final since 1982. Yeah. 
first cup final since 1969. It, uh, it just it just really yep. is disappointing when you when you look on that. But should we put this in context? Should we put this in context? Is it still a positive season for Leicester City to reach two quarterfinals? And if they finish seventh, which is now their target, they've still got plenty to play for this season. Will we still look back on this and think that's not a bad season? Um, that's a I think it depends where Leicester finish in the table. If Leicester finish eighth and miss out on European football and have been knocked out of two quarterfinals, both of which you would argue Leicester could quite easily have won, then no, I don't. No. Then, yeah, I mean, it's an improvement on previous season and Leicester being a relegation battling team. But for where the owners want the team to be, where the fans want the team to be, and for what, for how much promise this season had. Then I think you would argue that Leicester would have fallen short of that. I mean, it's nothing to say Leicester won't go on and finish seventh, but I think, yeah, last season Leicester got knocked out by Millwall in the FA Cup. Now that they've taken Chelsea to 120 minutes, that sounds like a positive. At the minute, I think the disappointment is still raw enough. Yeah, it's too early. It's too raw to, th- to to be looking at what. At the minute, you're still looking at what might have been, and you're looking at Southampton in the semi-finals, and it's all a bit still too soon to, to, to look back with any sort of positivity. So if they finish 8th and they miss out on Europa League spot by one one point yeah. and then you look at the flex on the FA Cup exits as well, it would be the season that nearly was, wasn't yeah. it? The season that got away from them in some respects. Uh, but there's still is plenty to play for between now and the end of the season. 7th uh, place is still there. It's within their grasp if they uh, get on a good run of form after the international break and that could possibly bring them Europa League qualification. Yeah, that's the, that is now... The, the main target and Leicester have got to tr- make sure and try to make sure that the season doesn't peter out look at Southampton last year with Puel in charge they got to that League Cup final performed really well should have won were unlucky not to win and from there the season just kind of faded out and yeah they finished 8th but it, it dwindled to the point where they wanted to get rid of Claude Puel and Leicester can't let that happen because They've got seventh place to fight for, and they've got a Europa League spot to try and nail down. The fans, uh, the owners have talked about European football. The fans have talked about European football and trying to relive those famous nights. Leicester got to make sure they stay focused to achieve that. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about some of the um, talking points from the game yeah. and some of the performances. Let's start with one of your five things. Casper yeah. Schmeichel. Now, Casper's had a, a bit of an indifferent season, hasn't he? We, we, we expect very, very high levels of performance from Casper because he set the bar so high mm. with his uh, previous performances in other seasons. But this season, there's been quite a few uh, errors littered about. I mean, there's been a few stray um, clearances with his feet that have led to goals. There's obviously, we talked about there. Uh, he came for the cross for um, Pedro's winner, got nowhere near it, and the little man headed it into an empty net. So, Casper Michael, where where is he at at the moment? Um, it's a difficult one. I think he he's certainly short of the consistent high level that he set, especially during the title winning season. <coughs> I mean, we can't we can't forget the good things he has still been doing, like the double save against Morata earlier on in the game. Um, that great save he pulled off against against West Brom, that deflected shot onto the bar that kept it from being two 0 pivotal moment. Yeah, so, so there are he is still doing things that you would say save Leicester points in crucial moments. Those, but now he, but he's also doing he's also making more mistakes that is costing Leicester points in in crucial moments. Now I know we, we I talked about it in the five things and brought it up mainly more as a talk, more as a talking point than as an, as an answer. 
which is do Leicester look to sign a goalkeeper who is more of a competition for a number one for Schmeichel than than a number than a number two because in the recent seasons they've tried to do that. Ron Robert Zeda was brought in as competition. Jakubovic World Cup winner. Yeah, Jakubovic has been brought in as competition, but there's still neither of them. And Ben Hamer, of course, is is, is still a, a well, Jakubovic has only been competition for Hamer for the number two. Exactly. Spot, and Claude said the other, the other week, didn't he, that that Casper is his number one, and Hamer and Jakubovic are battling out for the number two spot. Does Casper needs someone to be battling him for the number one spot. I know we spoke about it on the, on the desk earlier, and we all had differing opinions that maybe a, a real high quality goalkeeper would push him and make him think that his position isn't nailed down. But then you look at the likes of Manu and Chelsea and De Gea and Courtois and Lloris at Spurs, they don't really have number twos pushing them. They just maintain their high standards because they are top quality goalkeepers. Why can't Casper do the same? I think Casper probably just going through a, a blip. I mean, I know he comes as a, a rather very confident, outwardly appearing uh, player, but um, it looks like to me he's lost a little bit of confidence mm. and he just needs to get that back. And the only way to get that back is by continuing to play and, and starting to perform again and then his confidence will grow again. And at the moment, though, it is, you know, they are, we are noticing these rare rare mistakes and uh, it's just something he's got to work through he's, he's going all goalkeepers go through it at some stage and this is Casper's time I mean as I said before he set the bar so high in terms of his performances he's just got to knuckle down and, and, and work and I know he works incredibly hard down the training ground he's one of the first ones there and yeah. one of the last to, to come off the pitch in, invariably because he's, he's, he does so much extra work um, but he's just got to con- continue that and keep his head going head up but uh, I think Claude Puel's got to put a little bit of an arm around him as well yeah, and, uh, and and use some of his man management skills to, to get the best out of him. Let's talk about another player though that's made made a few errors here, and he's been criticised by quite a number of fans mm. on social media. We've noticed, and uh, Ben Chilwell, yeah, young left back, burst in the scene. There was it doesn't seem that long that all the fans were crying out for yeah. Chilwell to take over from Christian Fuchs at left back. Um, fantastic going forward, isn't he? Um, but he's just making the odd mistake defensively, and he's going for a stage where he's being punished for that. I mean the goal, um, Rondon goal at West yeah. Bromwich Albion when he got caught got sucked in infield, got caught the wrong side of his man then dived in and didn't yeah. get the ball and then as we said last night getting beaten at the far post by Pedro for the, allowing Pedro to get in between him and Michael Brighton mm. for the heady goal. Where are we at with Ben Chilwell? He is a player that is struggling for confidence and form a little bit it, we've always known that he is superb going forward but defensively needs to work on his game I would in support of him I would argue that as a, for defenders tend to learn that side of the game as they mature and Chilwell is 21 years old he is nowhere near what you would say his prime nowhere near a position where he would understand not to patronise him but to understand the intricacies of top level defending which takes years and years and years of experience to, to work that out. I think he is, of course, going to be a raw talent at that age. Um, and I think it's difficult because young players need support and they need patience from both management and supporters to un- to realise that they aren't going to be they aren't going to be at their top level all the time when they're that age, especially for defenders. But when there's things to play for, like silverware and seventh place finishes, it's, it's tough for fans not to get frustrated when those errors or those 
moments where he's not at his peak lead to goals conceded and therefore and lead to defeats and lead you to be knocked out. I'm not blaming Ben Chilwell for the whole of the defeat, but no, absolutely not. But individual errors, you are going to make them at that age. And you do need a bit of support, but it's difficult to give that support when you're trying to get into a quarterfinal or well, semi-final. I sat down with Ben in the, the week before they went to Marbella and had a, a chat with him in the lead up to the to the FA Cup game, and uh, he knows he's making mistakes. He knows that he's uh, not the finished article at the moment. He's working very, very hard to improve in that department, and he's getting help because Christian Fuchs, he revealed, is uh, talking him through games as well and uh, helping him, and, and they're studying video together and studying stuff on the, on the pitch, positioning and, and things like that. So I think with that sort of support... That's really good. Well, that's, that's Christian being responsible and being a good team man, isn't it? Again, this is a, a young lad that's you know, going to take his place eventually. Yeah. But he realises it's also his responsibility to help this young lad to, to grow and develop. I mean, Chris, Christian is one of those that, uh, you know, defensively, he's very sound, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, it's Chilwell is just ahead of him in terms of that, that um, capability of going forwards that Ben brings, you know, he's, he's, he's great on the ball and, and it looks like Claude wants that to happen, which brings us in, in a second to Danny Simpson. Um, so I think it's one of those where you just have a bit of patience with young players like yeah. that. And I, I take your point that perhaps you, you, you don't, that patience runs out a little bit when, it, when it's such a key game. Mm. Perhaps Christian should have been in, perhaps, you know, in hindsight, Christian probably would have defended that cross. Uh, but then again, Casper came out and made it his own, didn't he? So yeah, who knows? It's yeah. hypothetical now. But let's go on to that one. On, let's explore that theme a little bit more with uh, Danny Simpson on the other side. Because we both noticed in the first half how much he was trying to get forward, how much he was encouraged to get forward, yeah. and how much it's not quite his natural game. No, he, he got, I was surprised, actually. Well, it was, it was noticeable how much he got on the ball in both halves and how many times he was the man on the right side in those four positions because Morris is drifting inside to get into positions where it's him that's putting that cross into the box now we we are used to seeing Danny Simpson as being that traditional defender's defender fullback that sits back allows Riyad to do what he wants but stays there stays solid and just keeps keeps that side of things all locked up Claude Paul clearly wants his fullbacks to offer more going forward that's why he chooses Chilwell over Fuchs Simpson is clearly trying and clearly working and trying to improve his game. And, and Paul has said that Simpson has improved that area. But it does look, it's, it's, it's an unnatural position for him. And in, in some moments in that game, he got into a crossing position and you just thought, oh, he'd rather someone with a bit more ability to, to whip that quality ball in was on it. Which is not, it's no real slight on Danny Simpson because it's not his game and he's, in, he's endeavouring to try and improve that. Whether, when it comes to the summer, Claude will look to bring in a, a, a right-back who has that ability going forward, or whether Simpson can keep improving and keep developing himself into that full-back, we have to wait and see. Well, we've, we're used to Danny being the guy that sits back that insurance policy, yeah. that safety net that allows Riyad Mahrez to go and express himself, gives him the freedom. Don't worry about tracking back too much. You know, I've got this covered. We did notice yesterday he was getting dragged inside a lot, and that was leaving a lot of space mm. down Leicester City's right-hand side with Mahrez being uh, dragged in and, well, floating throughout the game, which isn't a bad thing because you want Mahrez on the ball as much as you possibly can. Yeah. Um, but it almost seems like it's forced and it's not natural. But, and in, in, in a way... The ideal fullback would be a mixture of Chilwell and Danny Simpson. Yeah. Somebody who's got that defensive solidity that Simpson offers with that attacking prowess that Chilwell offers. And yeah. If you've got both, then you've got the perfect fullback. I mean, if you're harking back to the title winning season, 
and the Simpson and Mares dynamic, because Simpson is so good defensively, it almost it allows Mares to do what he wants because Simpson's got it covered. We saw before Simpson when it was Delat, Delat wasn't the most defensively sound defender, so Leicester would be torn open on that side, and that was one of the first things Claudio changed was bringing in different yeah. fullbacks. And so the they say is history. Yeah, so it? so they managed so that dynamic of rigid defensive fullback and Mercurial Riyad, who can't be, doesn't really bother tracking back, that worked. But with with Puel, he wants those fullbacks to offer more going forward, which means if Simpson is bombing forward and Mares isn't really doing much defensively, that can leave Leicester exposed down that side. And I, th- I think at times they are because they're learning that side. Simpson's learning that side of the game now. Leicester are getting found out a little bit down that side. Uh, now we've got two weeks. We've got yeah. two weeks without City action. Um, we've got plenty of uh, Leicester players out on international duty. Let's talk about the England mm. national team first before we get on to Michael Brighton yeah. and what sort of international future he has, yeah. or if any. Yeah. Uh, Jamie Vardy. With Harry Kane out, Jamie Vardy's got to be England's number nine, hasn't he, for these two internationals? Yep, definitely. There can't be anybody else pushing, no, unless pushing for Marcus it, Rashford somehow starts up front. Which would and he's been playing wide. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Vardy, you would imagine, will lead the line in one, maybe both of those games, which I think is great to see, really, because the amount of times we've seen Vardy playing in an England shirt, he's either been playing, he's either been shoved out wide by Roy Hodgson, or he's been playing with someone um, in like a two, or he's been brought on late as, a, as, a, as an impact sub and had a, and had impacts. Clubwell said, and I think we all agree that that. Kane and Vardy could play together but it's going to be really good to see Vardy lead the line on his own against top quality opposition and I think against top quality opposition Vardy might have to be in his element because you're playing against teams who might want to bring you bring, come out a little bit more against England and then Leave Vardy space in behind exactly yeah I think Vardy is suited greatly to those games and England got to play to his strength though if he's going to yeah. be the man leading the line yeah they have and hopefully Hopefully they do that because I think I think Vardy is still really underrated as a striker, especially for for England. I think he gets tarnished a bit with the with the non-league little old Leicester brush. Um, that brush gets used quite a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Even though and we'll get to that in a second. Yeah, even though I mean, he's still people still think he's a one-season wonder, even though he has scored season after season, and only Sterling and Kane have scored more Premier League goals than him for Englishmen this season. It's a little bit, little bit worrying, though, uh, as an England fan as well as a, a Leicester fan, that um, there's not many options in, for that centre. They've got lots of uh, players who, who are good up front, attacking sense, like Raheem Sterling, and you said Rashford, and you know, you've got um, a few other contenders for playing in the wider positions. But straight down the middle, number nine, a centre forward, Vardy Kane, who else? Well, there's not a lot of storage, competition. Sturridge is always injured. Yeah, so Rooney's not a striker anymore. Um, yeah, strikers. The options are slim. Um, Kane, you would say, is world class. Vardy, I'm probably biased, but I would say he's pushing that level. He's proved every stage he's performed on. He's he's scored goals. He's done that for England. Um, so he's pushing that level. Uh, but apart from that, it's not really not that's, really there. That's a worry for me. Anyway, strength in depth. It's, it's more of a worry for me for Leicester, to be honest, because Vardy's what, he's 31 now, and still he says his body's still feeling fine. But there is going to be a point in the future where he isn't at the top of his game and it, his pace, his intensity will naturally start to wane because his body can't do it. Then I think Leicester are struggling because 
for Leicester there is only one Jamie Vardy and he's so crucial to how Leicester play they'd have to cho- totally change the way they play uh, without Vardy let's talk about a couple of other uh, yep. City players Harry Maguire he's tailor made for how Southgate wants England to play uh, his ability on the ball the fact that he can play on the left side as well gives them balance he's, he's going to be one of the uh, first names on the sheet isn't he in the World Cup he, he is yeah I mean I think I remember a national journalist who covers the England told me a story that um, on training in uh, Maguire's first training session or first call up when he brought his bin bag with all his clothes in, he Southgate set up a uh, like a, a defender's drill for using the ball at the feet, and Southgate assumed naturally that John Stones would be the best at that. Man City cultured, renowned as being that ball playing midfielder uh, defender, but. It was Maguire who was the best at that drill by a mile. And that's exactly what Southgate wants. And in a, a squad that's got Joe Gomez, John Stones, and Maguire, and then you're looking at people like Tarofsky from Burnley, are all inexperienced. Maguire is suddenly looking like one of the most experienced defenders in that squad, even though he's only got three, two, ca- three, three caps. caps. Yeah. But he's the one that's playing week in, week out for his club. He's the one that's impressing for his club, who's growing with confidence, who's looking... The real deal. I mean, look. Some sometimes yesterday when he brought the ball out of defence and Marauli forward, he flicked Hazard off as though some kind of daddy long legs and just blitzed forward, played lovely balls through. He, he's he's class and he's going to be a, a, a starter for England in the World Cup. Well, from one Leicester player with a bright England future to yep. one that looks like he hasn't got an England future, yep. and there's been a little bit of a campaign growing to try and get him. Mostly from us, but. <laughs> Uh, Mark Brighton's stats are up there with yeah. the best creative midfield players in the Premier League. Yeah. Only Deli Ali uh, this season has made more assists. Yeah, and only yeah. Ali and Ross Barkley over the last three seasons have made, made more assists. assists. So it's consistent as well. Yeah. But it keeps getting overlooked for England. I, honestly, if you look through some of the dross that's been called off by England over the years, how Mark Brighton hasn't not necessarily been called up and not necessarily being given a run of games and being an England starter that's, that might be asking too much with, with, with some of the team but it's not even been with a sniff mm. not even whispers of him. even winning the title yeah. didn't seem to help his cause but even even just rumblings that he might be being considered or that he gets called up and doesn't feature or even he's a backup to, a, to, a, to someone dropping out of the squad never even hear it at all which it, I I, don't, I honestly I can't think why maybe maybe he's too modest maybe he doesn't big himself up enough maybe he's just like, too honest a player who just maybe he's, he's just he's just underrated and people just don't I, honestly, I or can't. maybe it's just because he's not playing for a fashionable top club top six club Leicester City perhaps there's a, a snobbery about this maybe I know Leicester fans will definitely bounce, will jump on that very mm. quickly and say that's definitely the reason if, if if a Spurs winger had made, created seven assists this season, he'd be called up. I mean, look, you've got Townsend and Oxley chamberlain he called up. He's made more assists than them across three seasons. On, I, 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 I mean, you look at his performance against Chelsea, he was, I would say, he was Leicester's, one of Leicester's, probably Leicester's man of the match, if not up there with the D. Um, 
the, just the energy, the endeavour, the quality. You know, we're going to get from him every week. You know, he's consistent with that. I know there's some Leicester fans that um, still not convinced. No, I, I've, I know. And some. I've seen them on social media, and they, yeah, they'd rather some. see Damari Gray in or Diabate in yeah. ahead of uh, Mark or Brian. But you know, what you're going to get. He delivers. I mean, the f- there are a few game. people who can cut back onto their right foot and curl balls into the far post, into, into dangerous areas than all Brighton. Perhaps, it, perhaps he needs a bit of variation, not look to get the ball in every time straight away. Because that's what he does. He shifts it out from left to right, whips the ball in with right. Because at the moment, with just Vardy as a target, those are going to waste, aren't they? Um, if he had a Leo Ujoa in the box, probably he'd have even more assists on the board. Yeah, or oh, yeah, Ujoa or Somali today. All right, a bit like maybe he's a bit like kind of like James Milner mould, who's because they're so competent in lots of different areas. Maybe not like outstanding in any sp- specific area, but their overall game is strong. Mm. Maybe they just they don't get appreciated as much as well. Mil- Milner gets called up for England on a regular basis. Yeah, he plays Liverpool. He though, plays for Liverpool. <laughs> Having said that, though, Vardy and Maguire do get, get into the yeah, squad on a regular basis. I, I, I do feel that All Brighton is. So unfortunate not to have been in with any kind of sniff for England call up. I mean, whether his time's gone now, do they does Southgate use a system that doesn't really fit Albrighton in? What's Albrighton now? Twenty eight is he? Mm. Um, is he going to start looking at younger players? Is his time gone? I, I don't know. I mean, if you're not going to get called up after your title winning season when you are one of the catalysts to that with one of the most assists in the division. Are you ever, are you ever going to get a call up? I don't know. Well, we're going to be discussing a lot of these topics in more detail in the Mercury yes, and on our website. Uh, so check back on the Mercury website. All the reaction from uh, the Chelsea defeat. We'll be looking ahead to the internationals and then looking ahead to the return of the Premier League campaign. Thank you very much for joining us, and we'll see you next time.